Welcome to On Texas Football. It's our weekly uh, segment, The State of the Program, with InsideTexas.com publisher, Eric Nolene. Eric, welcome in, man. Thanks, Bobby. How are you doing? Good. It's a National Signing Day 2. Uh, it is a little bit quieter than normal uh, these days. Uh, it used to be yeah. where we'd have 25 to 30 signatures coming in on the first Wednesday in February. But with the advent a few years back of a second signing period in uh, December uh, that actually preempted this one, uh, all of the uh, all of the hubbub about the second signing period is really re- just reduced to a couple of players. Yeah, I think the uh, 2016 cycle was a tombstone on on the second signing day that that Charlie Strong, where he ripped off like 10 commitments or whatever it was. Um, that was the flourish. And, uh, you know, there's not much else going on these days. I don't I, I, I tend to forget that it's even signing day. You know, it doesn't it's it's quite inconsequential. There's already 14 guys on campus <laughs> from this class. You know, I mean, that's that's how things have changed. Yep, absolutely. I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, the Lowy Law Firm specializes in results for his clients, whether it's a tragic car wreck, an accident in the workplace, or any serious or catastrophic injury. Adam is who you want to call. Call Adam today at 512-280-0800 or reach him online at LowyLawFirm.com for a free consultation. And remember, Adam focuses on results. Eric, I want to get in right into it. Uh, two guys at least still on the hook for Texas in this signing period. Warren Roberson, safety out of Red Oak and Phoenix tight end, number one tight end in the country, uh, Deuce Robinson, uh, also looking at Texas. Where is Texas at with those two heading into signing day? Yeah, Texas looks really good for Roberson, uh, you know, at least based on our intel. uh, You know, the the big question was whether or not they were going to uh, take another safety in the class. Uh, I think when they took cattle on and realized, you know, we're not going to take another transfer DB, even though maybe one, you can maybe make a case for it. I think the room is stocked enough to where, uh, they're more focused on the younger guys. You know, if they bring in another um, uh, another experienced player, that room is going to be pretty tough to manage. I mean, you got guys ready that are chomping at the bit, wanting to play. Uh, so then I think they recalibrated and said, you know, we really like this Roberson guy. Let's go back after him. Um, he's, he was lukewarm on TCU. He's a guy really – he was on the radar a year ago. He had really good junior tape. And then his senior tape, I think, is even better. He's just a three-phase player, um, just, you know – right in line with what they they look for in guys. They they just want really good football players. And, you know, he, he affects the game in, in a, a receiver at, uh, on special teams and obviously at safety. Um, he's just a he's a tightly wound, uh, pretty electric athlete. So if they can get him, that would be pretty exciting. Another good senior eval by the Longhorn staff following on last year where they added Ethan Burke, uh, uh, Savion Red uh, to the list late as well. Uh, this year, uh, not only Roberson, but also Jelani McDonald, McDonald uh, getting a senior eval and an offer. Uh, Eric, what about uh, Deuce Robinson? What's the latest we hear at Inside Texas on him? Well, it's unknown whether or not he's going to sign in this period. Um, you know, it's 50-50. There's, there's baseball considerations. I think uh, Texas is going to uh, – you know, Texas is going to stay on them, man. You know, if, if, if there's going to be a decision made, Texas hat's going to be uh, involved. Um, you know, I don't know how it's ultimately going to play out. Um, but I know that, you know, Sark, if Sark really wants to run 12 personnel, and we know he does, um, he needs a guy like Deuce Robinson to, to really make it go. Um, you know, there's really nobody – there's not even really a, a truly credible um, flex tight end on the roster right now outside maybe Juan Davis you know obviously outside of Jatavian Sanders but we only expect one more season out of him uh we're talking about the future he's building a 12 personnel team with the quarterbacks with the wide receivers with the running back with the offensive line 
but he's going to need a tight end like Deuce Robinson, uh, you know, who's kind of in the mold of Jatavian Sanders as a receiving tight end uh, to really make that go. So I think Texas is going to stay in the game on this as, as long as it plays out. And, you know, the, the, the question is, how long is it going to play out? We don't know that. Um, moving on uh, a little bit here from uh, National Signing Day. Uh, in an article on uh, Inside Texas today, I wrote that I spoke to uh, a official last night, uh, a high-ranking official at the University of Texas, uh, after the Big 12 schedule came out. And what I talked about, Eric, is it sounds like the SEC announcement for 2024, uh, and this is what I was quote told was, quote, getting close. Mm. Um, that I yeah. know that falls in line to what with what you and I and others have been reporting at Inside Texas for quite some time. I was giving a roundabout timeline of about a, a month or two. Um, that That's pretty big because essentially Texas is tied into 2025, uh, but we've both been hearing that there's been, uh, without using the term mediation, there's been a mediation of sorts going on yeah. on the back end between the Big 12, the TV partners, as well as Texas and OU. Yeah, and TV partners to me is kind of a code word for lawyers, um, you know, because it, that's the, <laughs> their guys are involved, Bobby. Um, yeah, uh, man, when I saw that schedule come out, it came out, I was, you know, I looked at each each one of like, man, this is this is pretty fair across the board. It's hard to make these things fair across the board. And I, I think that that can only come from uh, a lot of political maneuvering, uh, trades, uh, trades of sorts, uh, trades in kind, not necessarily <laughs> trading games, but they're, they're figuring these things out. Uh, so I think a lot of lawyers, I think that was probably the most lawyered uh, schedule in the history of, uh, of schedule making, but you know, I, I think it came out in Texas's favor. You know, I, we had, uh, we had mentioned in advance that they weren't going to play Oklahoma state and West Virginia. And that came out. Uh, we knew that they were going to go to U of H. Um, but, you know, other than trading the two teams that were decimated by the portal and, and Neil Brown's obviously got an uphill battle there at uh, West Virginia, I, I, you know, even not playing those two perceived weak teams, uh, Texas still came out, you know, in a pretty good better, – better than I would have thought, you know. Any other things about the schedule that uh, surprise you, not just with, for Texas, but within the Big 12 generally? Not really. You know, I was looking at what the uh, crybabies at Tech and uh, Baylor uh, were going to get out of it. And I thought that theirs were uh, obviously they were the ones that were uh, uh, the the biggest stick in the spokes uh, for Texas and OU leaving. And I thought maybe they were curry favor with the in the new Big 12. And, I, you know, I thought their their uh, schedules were, were fair. Everybody's schedule looks pretty balanced. You know, they're playing the same teams, but there wasn't some sort of weird disparities between uh, road home splits, a, a, you know, tougher, uh, tougher competition, lesser competition. So now, nah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to line it up. You know, there's not um, the, the home games are, are lacking a little bit, but I think Texas is going to be pretty good next year, at least compared to the big 12. And you know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, the season can't start soon enough for me. Uh, very interesting to me uh, that all five Texas based teams are playing around Robin essentially. Yeah. Um, and so, Whoever ends up in the Big 12 championship game, it's probably going to be one Texas team and one out, one non-Texas team. Yeah. Right. And, and right. theoretically, uh, I don't know that they anticipated that or thought about that, but that's that's kind of how it. Yeah, I, I thought OU's uh, schedule could have been a little tougher, and and I thought that they made out well considering uh, that you know they're they're frowned upon like Texas. So uh, I I don't man, you know. Um, I think the Big 12 is going to be a lot more entertaining once Texas is out of it. Uh, you know, it's frustrating now. You know, we can't get past the fact that we see a lot of uh, questionable uh, refereeing. Uh, you know, 
Texas is is kind of carrying the financial weight. Uh, so it's hard to look past that. But once Texas is out, I think we're all going to go, you know what? The Big 12 was pretty entertaining. I, you know, I can't wait to watch that. I'm definitely going to watch those games over uh, Purdue, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that don't watch Purdue, Indiana, to be yeah. fair. That's, uh, that's, when, that's, that's when you know the yard in anticipation of the rest of the games. <laughs> hey, uh, Eric, uh, uh, we talked a little bit off air prior to, to, to uh, starting State of the Program today. Uh, you said that uh, the team right now is not actually doing much football work with the football they're actually doing other stuff in the offseason uh share that with other folks uh that are listening in yeah it's not you know it's this is the uh, it's they're much like us this is the time of year we try to get our bodies back in shape and uh you know that that's kind of the the focal point they are uh starting to do more playbook stuff this week uh to this point they hadn't really uh, burdened the the newer guys with the, the mental workload obviously they want those guys to get involved or, or get used to the class schedule uh, going to school, you know, the, those other things that we uh, don't talk about enough, probably. Um, and so they weren't really burdening them uh, with the playbook. But this week, they're really starting to hit that a little bit harder. But yeah, it's just workouts, agility drills and stuff. Now, they're not they're they're definitely doing some football stuff on the side on their own. Uh, you know, a quarterback can go pick up the ball whenever he wants to. Uh, so there is some of that stuff going on, but not really from a, uh, a structured standpoint from the from the program. So like early morning workouts, that sort of stuff is the priority? Yeah, they're, they're working out four times a week uh, with weights and they're running five times a week. Uh, and when I say running, it's not like they're doing, you know, 25 mile runs or anything like that. It's a lot of agility stuff, plyometrics, um, you know, explosive work. And then uh, the weight training is is typical to what they did last year. It's a lot of uh, just uh, kind of old school strength stuff. Um, you know, it, last year, they I think they uh, reversed course quite a bit from the, their first year. Uh, I think they like the results that they had from that. And, uh, you know, they're putting in maybe a little more explosive work uh, than they had um, last season. And, you know, but they're doing a lot of old school stuff. And there's a lot of uh, mobility drills, too. I should I, I always forget to put in that stuff in my own routine. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of hip mobility stuff because, um, you know, that's uh, that, that's where you that's where you get the the flexibility and uh, the change of direction. The stuff that the stuff that's really germane to uh, football, you know, as from a movement standpoint, football does, is not played in straight lines. And so um, I think Texas had been too straight line at times under Herman. They were strong uh, and uh, and physically tough, uh, but they were uh, they, they were lacking in the mobility stuff. And I think Texas is doing a good job of, of keeping those guys limber. I want to get I want to get one more football question and then take it back to basketball because I, I do believe the the Longhorns now eighteen and four on the campaign. Uh, football question is is more about um, something that you wrote earlier this week. It was the the projected depth chart heading into spring. A lot of people mm -hmm. misread that. It's not necessarily how you thought spring would end up as no, much as yeah. it was how how that how it would look like in spring. Uh, give people a, that that, are, that aren't inside Texas.com subscribers that read that earlier this week a little taste of what you were talking about uh, as it relates to the the what you think will be uh, the uh, depth chart heading into spring on the offense. Well, well, a good example of that would be, you know, how can you have Casey Kane ahead of A.D. Mitchell? You know, everybody sees uh, Kane struggles, you know, outside of the bowl game. But uh, Casey Kane's been in the program. Casey Kane has earned the, the spot to be there right now. And. A.D. Mitchell is new to the program, and he has to earn earn the right to take that spot. Um, you know, there's a lot of constraints uh, to, to the way things are governed uh, in, in a locker room. And one of those constraints is, you know, the team does have a say in how that's played. They've got to control the locker room. And, and um, if you don't have a meritocratic uh, society in the locker room, then you're going to have upheaval and, and, you know, not to get too hyperbolic, but revolution of some sorts. You know, there, there are, we are seeing uh, locker rooms that don't stick together, that don't have um, – 
uh, good leadership at the top. Maybe maybe one there's not too far from me. I'm about an hour from College Station right now. Um, you've got to keep the locker room in order, and and the way that you do that is is people have to earn the right to be ahead of another person, and that usually plays out on the field. Um, and, and you know, people think that it's you know the football and depth charts are all about what happens on the field, but a lot of it is what you know who's working hard. Um, right now matters. You know, January and February matter to the depth chart. You know. It's not going to matter in August if they're not working hard right now. Um, you know, they've got to put in the work. Um, and, you know, it'll all play out on the field eventually. But but right now they're not going to just put a Jalen Catalan ahead of Michael Taft. I don't care how how big of a fan you are of Jalen Catalan. That's just not how it's going to be in the locker room. It wouldn't be how it would be at, at Inside Texas. If, you know, brand new rider. You just start saying, oh, you've got Jerry Hamilton's. That's not how it works, man. You got to go take it. You know, what's interesting to me on offense, at least, we could talk about the addition of A.D. Mitchell. Cole Hudson and Connor Robertson are out for spring. So there's going to be some shuffling on the offensive line about what that looks like. Uh, but really the the one spot that may be the most intriguing on offense in the offseason is at running back, where you have Keelan Robinson coming back. You have Jonathan Brooks, who uh, has looked good, really good in spots and looked really good in the, the uh, Alamo Bowl again. And then you have a guy like Cedric Baxter coming in, who's yeah. you know the nation's number one ranked running back. All of that told, I, I'm not so I, I'm not so sure that running back isn't the position on offense that will be the most interesting to watch this spring. It's definitely going to be interesting to watch because you have a mix of the veteran that's been there and worked hard, um, the veteran who's actually put in a lot of work and hasn't really had much uh, shine yet in Brooks. Uh, and then you got Baxter, who is the, the upstart five-star that everybody thinks uh, is a future NFL running back. Uh, I mean, if he stays healthy, he is a future NFL running back. There's pretty much no question about it. Um, and yeah, it's going to have that again. It's going to play out on the field. The good thing about running back is it's a pl platoon position. You look at the NFL and even the NFL's, uh, NFL players understand that it's a platoon position. So uh, there's only one football, but they shared a lot at that position because it does get, you know, 30, 40 carries a game. Um, so they'll, they'll figure it out. But I'm, I'm looking forward to I, – I, I do wonder what it's going to look like. Who's going to get that first carry in September is, is an interesting question to me in February. I agree with you. Yeah, because you, you've got a guy that's really bled for the program of sorts in Keelan Robinson, who's not right. necessarily that type of feature back. We think everybody that's watched Texas football can, can decipher that. And then you have a guy like Jonathan Brooks who's bided his time and looked really, really good. And then you have this young guy yeah. that, frankly, has, has you know all kinds of talent. I think, I, think it's gonna be Brooks. I think it's going to be Brooks. Um, I'm most intrigued to how the interior line plays out. You know, obviously Connor Robertson being out or Cole Hudson, I should say, uh, being out is um, opens the door for, I, I, you know, I think all three interior positions are under competition. You know, it's going to be majors because there's nobody really there in the spring. I don't think Story Gorham is going to push him in the spring. Cole Hudson and Connor Robertson would be that competition for uh, that center spot. Uh, but the, you know, Cole Hudson being out opens the door for DJ Campbell to get reps. Uh, I don't think Hayden Connor is a lock to uh, start at guard next year. Uh, you, you're going to have uh, Umio Zulu and, and Agbo pushing for spot uh, for, for time there. And then another thing I'll be really intrigued about is just, you know, what does Sark move away from his preference of 12 personnel to 11 personnel uh, like we started to see in the Alamo Bowl? If, if he does that, then that opens the door to get another wide receiver on the field more consistently. And then, you know, that rotation at wide receiver is going to be interesting. Who's the, who's the third and fourth wide receiver? You know, obviously we think Eddie Mitchell is going to beat Casey Kane, but he has to do that on the field. Um, and then who's the fourth guy? Well, Eddie Mitchell may be one of the top two wide receivers, 
right? That, yeah, exactly. That's you true, know, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whittington's got to play for it, you know, because Whittington. The problem with uh, twelve personnel is that it makes both the wide receivers outside guys, and Whittington is is a ready-made slot machine. Uh, but that's really his his best position. It's not close. Like you know, other guys, other guys, some guys can play all three positions. I like to break it down. Uh, I like to break down the players by what their best position is, their second best position, their third best position is. And some guys, it's you know, it's a tough call. You know, uh, other guys with Whittington, it's it's not it's not that tough. He's a slot. Got it. Uh, want to talk a little hoops next. Uh, first, we need to say thank you to our sponsor. One last time, that's Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. The law firm specializes in results for his clients, whether it's a tragic car wreck, an accident in the workplace, or any serious or catastrophic injury. Adam is who you want to call. Call Adam today at 512-280-0800 or reach him online at lowylawfirm.com for a free consultation. And remember, Adam focuses on results. Uh, Eric, uh, basketball, uh, interesting weekend, I thought, uh, in last 48, 72 hours for the Horns. They go to Knoxville and lose uh, mm -hmm. to uh, Tennessee. Pretty, I don't want to say convincingly, they were competitive, uh, but Tennessee held a 10-point lead for most of the game. Uh, against Baylor, they come home, a team that's given them all kinds of trouble uh, yeah. the last half decade or so with Scott Drew in charge in Waco. And I don't want to say it was a dominating performance because it, the score wasn't dominating, but it was a solid performance all the way through the contest. It, is that kind of game one that helps Rodney Terry maybe keep this job uh, come summertime? Uh, because I feel like I, I think we saw Texas grow up a little bit against Baylor. Uh, granted, it was at home, but I saw a team that played two halves pretty consistently. Well, they're showing mental strength, and um, through the adversity that they've uh, experienced this season, that says a lot for uh, Roddy Terry's ability to hold it together, I think. But you also wonder how much of that is carryover from what Beard had instilled during the offseason. So uh, there's always going to be that question. Uh, I mean, obviously that helps his case. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting, Bobby. I you know, I haven't heard a single word about the basketball coaching search, have you? No, and, and but but I, I talked to a, a person at Texas <clears throat> that would be involved in that search, and they said they were going to – put it on ice essentially yeah. until they got late in the season. And so that's, they may be getting their ducks in a row behind the scenes in case it does happen, yeah, right. but I don't think they're being seriously out doing any sort of serious outreach at this point uh, simply because they're in season and, and Rodney Terry is probably a legitimate candidate. Yeah, I think he, I think he is going to be a legitimate candidate. You know, you always want to listen to the locker room, see how, see how that's going. You know, they've got inside information on this guy, right? It's it's a you know you can't have. There's no other job interview where the guy is just right there. Um, you know, you, you're going to have primary information on him. You know, you don't need a search firm or anything like that for uh, to get information on him. So, yeah, he's going to be a candidate, especially since they you know they're, they're showing that mental fortitude. Um, you know, uh, but I it's just weird to me that I haven't heard a single like tangible legitimate candidate you know obviously you know like you said they're getting their ducks in a row and i'm sure that they're watching a lot of uh, basketball games um and, and and talking to a lot of people but it, you know I, I'm, I'm glad you know I, I would rather it not be playing out while the, the season's playing out that there's plenty of time for all that um let these guys let these guys have earned the right to uh to go and and uh, and see how far they, they could take it you know i think what beard instilled in the offseason is, is there's a carryover and i think there's probably an emotion i think that a lot of the guys are playing for him to some degree uh, and then, you know, Ronnie Terry's doing a good job of keeping it together. That was a huge bounce back win. Yeah, I thought it was too. All right. Uh, Eric Nolene, publisher, InsideTexas.com. It's our weekly state of the program. 
uh, each and every Wednesday. Eric, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, good week. luck on National Signing Day, too. Uh, and uh, I hope oh, everybody yeah. tunes in. And we'll that's probably be a reminder. I forgot it was National yeah. Sign. Yeah. Well, yeah. Warren Roberson uh, is is likely to announce on Friday. Right. Uh, he could put his paperwork in anytime, though. Same with Deuce Robinson. We're hearing later just as a uh, recap of what we uh, know at this point in time. Uh, but for Eric Nolene, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, thank you for watching again and hook them.